The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It's going good, buddy. It's been a while since we've been uh, on the air here. Is my mic okay? I feel like I'm coming in low now. You come, you're ready, you're ready, I'll give you a little extra juice. How's that? Is it better? I guess. I don't know. I actually didn't do anything. I just... I just just tapped the board. Is it a placebo? And I was hoping it'd be a placebo effect for it's you. an audio placebo? That's right. It's been so long since I've been in the studio. I know. Been, the carpeting has changed. That's what it is. It is. The, you are gazing upon a different studio. It's actually a fluffier carpet. I'm hoping it's going to help with the insulation a bit. Oh, okay. That probably won't. No, probably not. It won't do anything. No. Anyway, happy July. Happy, it's it's the 4th of July, man. Well, it's July 2nd. Well, 4th of July weekend, I should say. 4th of July weekend, Canada Day weekend, all these things. I know. Most civilized, regular human beings are enjoying a four-day weekend. Not us. We're here doing the podcasting thing for the people we love. I It's a Sunday, and I came from the office. I know. You're, you're actually putting in the hours this weekend, man. This is... Ooh. That's okay. It's just uh, working eight days straight is not a big deal to me, I guess, really. Because we're going to get Tuesday off, then, I'll, you know, so that's a day off and it's paid holiday, so that's good. Don't go to law school. <laughs> no, yeah. Word yeah, of advice. It's really not worth it. Unless you're like Ryan here. Just so well at everything. Even put a, even put a trophy up here. Was that always there? No, that wasn't always there. No, because we had to move stuff around, so there's like a old ah. debate trophy sitting here. Why does it does does this achievement like reduce your self worth as you have to look upon my collegiate greatness or? No 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 that's all right I mean it's it's just a trophy in your house that you own. And you're staring at my college degrees and stuff. That's right I got my own. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, buddy. I also got two healthy legs. Oh, you're a jerk. Oh, you're not you're not wearing anything. I'm dubious at best. This this uh, this leg injuries. Oh, it's, it wasn't a leg injury. It was a foot injury, and it was a really crappy one. So much that I was I was held up in bed. I could not do the podcast episode. I it was it was brutal. You were held up in bed by and robbers. Is that, is that not the right expression? When you say, doesn't held up mean like you're like resting and can't move? I was held up. Sounds a lot like you were held up at gunpoint. No one's ever held up at pillow point. <laughs> okay. Let me tell laid you. Up. Let me tell you. Thank you. Thank you, wordsmith over here. Laid up. I was laid up with an injury. And here's the stupidest thing about this injury. All right. It was a sprained foot. I sprained my foot. And when I looked up online the most common causes for sprained foot, it often stems from vigorous physical activity such as basketball or full speed soccer. Did you know you can also get a sprained foot from walking? Because that's what happened to me. I was going to say the vigorous physical activity, none of which you do. No, not not even a little bit. I and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't power walking. I wasn't doing that stupid duck walk, competitive kind of walking that you'll see. I was just walking through my house, landed on one of my foot feet, funny, you know, it rolled my foot and sprained foot. Because I'm old, and this is what happens when you're old, and mm. I hate it. This would have this would have never happened to twenty five year old Ryan, but thirty five year old thirty one year old Ryan, sorry, thirty one year old Ryan, 
I can't walk right. Mm. I somehow screwed up walking and was laid up mm. for a week. So you had a, a foot failure fracas. A phenomenal foot failure fracas? See, I at least uh, had the F in there. I know, but I thought I could get away with the F sound. I mean, it's still alliterative, but I feel like yours was not, not great A foot visually. failure fracas failure? No, I can't just say failure twice. You failed at this. I sure did. Yes. So, But I'm not going to fail at the rundown we got today. This is going to be a cool, cool show. Our guest in the next segment. Verity White. Yeah, Verity yeah. White. Yeah, actually, I was a Wait, little... Up- did, you, did you just like shout that because like you thought that... Were you trying to like guess it, even though it's on the board? Like, what no, is no, that? No. I was, I, I was I just about to say who the guest was. I know, and actually, that I'm, I'm a little upset that I missed this one. You should, I, I should, this, this one should have been a weekend where you should have told me about this one ahead of time. It would have been good. It because, is true. Uh, she's, she's a good uh, follow and follower on Twitter, and I've interacted with her before. Actually, unbeknownst to you, unbeknownst okay. to you, okay, because she tweeted out she was going to be on the show. I started DMing her. To sort of like uh, see, basically, at, for me, to, I, I was asking her a question so then she can like sort of answer it and bring it up on the show and sort of like, and you don't know that I submitted a question. But she said, you're just such a, uh, you just hijacked everything. Um, oh, she was talking about me. Yeah. Okay. You just sort of like, I, I can't tell if she said if you were a good interview or you're keeping on a point or if you were terrible. I think I have it right here. It says, Ryan was awful. He never let me get a word in edgewise. I, th- I think I said hi and goodbye. Mm. Like the girl in Seaplus in Seattle. Terrible. I will never come on again. He mm. sucks. Wow. I mean, kind of a kind of a dated movie reference there, but I guess she just has a, a rich... I mean, that doesn't sound like her. I mean, I remember it being a very cordial, interesting conversation that oh, I look wait, forward wait. to showing off the next segment. I'm pretty surprised to hear that she wasn't happy, according oh, to you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, that was someone else. That didn't like you. Sorry. Oh. No, Verity liked it. <laughs> There's just so many people who don't like talking to me. No, she was a great interview, and she would have been a good one to have you in the room in on. And I try to structure like the Ryan and Dave interviews when I think it's going to be a guest who is going to really appeal to you as well. And I swung and miss on this one because she had great pop culture knowledge. She loved British television. She's from the UK. She's mm. a UK based mm. rock recording artist. Yeah. You would have really loved it, but yeah. she did promise that we'd have her back again to talk right. British television. Yeah. Maybe the show researcher should have done some research looking at it right now. It, it, oh, looking yeah. at it right It was, now. she was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I mean, she's a fantastic artist, but I'll say this as a teaser, everybody. This is a you know, great interview. The music's great, and she's super honest and really yep. self-reflective. Yep. You're going to really enjoy and, listening to her in the next segment. The whole reason she got on the uh, she got on the show because she actually reached out to Ryan to request an interview, and yep. he, he she reached out on Twitter. Speaking of which, you can follow Ryan at Ryan K A I R if you wish to sort of strong arm your strong arm your way onto the show. Ask uh, for interview opportunities. Sure, maybe he'll answer. Who knows? Or you can uh, follow me on Twitter at MetalDave85. You can ask me. And uh, for the appropriate price, I'll let you on. I'm kidding. I don't want you to think it's pay for play. But wait, if you're you're saying that you're going to charge to be on the show, like, and if I, if, if I wouldn't charge and you would charge, why would anybody go to you? Well, they didn't know that. Well, you just said it on the air. Yeah, what are the guys that are listening? That's actually a good point. Um, anyway, rate, review, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Um, oh, oh, can you not remember the fourth one? 
Oh, Google Play. Yes! Well done. Yeah, useless that one anyway. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think that's... Pre- oh, you know, uh, email any questions you have for us, uh, the show, at break uh, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. Any of your show questions, life questions, anything, just go ahead, type it up, send it our way. That's it? Yeah. Yep. Well done. I, I have an announcement. Oh, you have an announcement. I, I think I know what the announcement's going to be. Because it's on the board? Yes. The audio book. <laughs> For Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry by one Ryan Andrew Carella is out in audio format. If you don't have time to read, if you don't like paper, if you don't like any of that stuff, and you don't even like ebooks, you just don't like to hold anything, you want to be narrated to, get this audio book. That's right. It's finally available. You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. You search Break the Business, pops right up. I thank all of you for hanging in there because this was supposed to come out a month ago, but yeah. the approval process took forever, but now it's there and now you can enjoy it. And we recorded it in a real honest to God professional studio that isn't this one, you know, it's actually good. And so, you know, the quality's great. The content's awesome. Yeah. But that, that studio didn't have a, uh, Captain Picard Funko. That's that I, true. Yeah. That's or true. Captain Picard or Patrick Stewart poster artwork hanging behind me, both of which I got you. That's true. And, and every, a ukulele, which I got you hanging over there. That's a Dr. Hookalele. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yes. But, and so I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We're going to talk a lot more about this audiobook in the coming weeks to get you guys oh, yeah. excited about it. Oh, uh, get people even more excited. Tell them what famous podcast personality you got to record the book. Oh, um, me? Oh, boy. <laughs> Trying to generate some sales, and uh, this is not going well. Well, Garrison Keeler was not available, unfortunately. I should have done it. That's I should have done it as real. It's like, hi, I'm Ryan Carella. Break the business. That's not, is that what I sound like? <laughs> yes. Chapter one. Don't get a recording contract. I'll tell you how. But first, you got to sign a contract with me to record. Your impression of me sounds curiously like that South, South Park, Park, you know, you know, rated PG thirteen. I mean, that's such a. Do you think anybody gets that reference? But or yeah. or you know, did Stan Marsh? Yeah. <laughs> but, Ryan Carelli um, was just a humble lawyer, a lawyer trying to do good by independent artists, but he's about to find out that the big record companies aren't really satisfied. <laughs> Ryan Carelli is running for his life. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Watch as Universal and Sony Warner executives chase him down with lead pipes and torches at pitchforks. Oh, will they get him? Yes. <laughs> Rated R. Oh, my. The violence is increasing. That's my... <laughs> the, uh, right in the middle of the preview, the, oh. the MPAA just got together and said, you know what, we got to kick this one oh, up a notch. they've got him. They're tying him down for his blaspheming remarks about record contracts. <laughs> Rated X. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Watch out, Universal. My goodness. <laughs> this, got, this got weird real quick. Not rated. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. I'm excited to have it out. Uh, be sure to check it out. And, you know, see, now I can't focus because now I'm thinking of being sexually abused by major record labels, and now I can't focus. I got some... So, cool story this week. It is Canada Day, or it was Canada Day yesterday. Yes. As of us recording this. 
And so here's a little Canada celebration, right? I got a cool article from a Canadian entertainment lawyer. They have those there. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Byron Pasco. He wrote an article on Banzoogle called Creating a Band Agreement, What You Need to Know. And it's been about, God, a year and a half since we've Ooh. talked about band agreements on this show. But that's, see, that's weird that he's actually going to give that advice, creating band agreements. Mm-hmm. Because now I, you would think, and I, as attorney, I would think, you know, if, if the agreement has already been banned, why bother creating it again? It just seems like it's already been sort of like outlawed for or made illegal for whatever reason. It's banned. It's a banned agreement. You can't have this agreement. You could have just done it earlier. I would have just kept on talking over well, it. Well, I, I know, but I, did, I didn't want the rim shot to interrupt your joke making. I mean, sort of like, you know, so what are we talking about here? Some sort of indentured servitude contract, some sort of uh, underage marriage thing. What we got? What, what, what's going on here? What's he selling? Well, forgive me because I don't think I was clear. And, you know, that might have caused you to just, you know, jump to a quick conclusion as to what I mean. When I say band agreement, I'm referring to a B-A-N-D agreement, as in a agreement of a group of people when they decide to form a music band together. B-A-N-D? That's right. Oh, you mean the acronym? The acronym. Band agreement, not... You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Daily? Yeah! <laughs> Why not? Now, like, basically, the idea is... And, you know, and, and this is important for any artists, even if you're thinking that I don't have a big music career yet, I'm not making a lot of money with my band yet. If you are working with a group of musicians and you are a single entity going out and making music together or performing music together, the time to make the band agreement is now. Just in case you get successful and one of you gets too big for your britches and you think the rest of you is holding it back and this was your idea anyway and you're sick and tired mm-hmm. of like uh, playing the low circuits and you know, you're going to be, be meteoric anyway because the manager says so and yeah. your girlfriend also says so, or maybe your boyfriend, you know, uh, whatever. So, you know, before, before the inevitable falling out, like the still water falling out, yeah. just you got to go and get these. Things. I don't need this, man. I can do this on my own. I mean, that's actually an interesting point. If you go to any of those hackneyed, cliche movies of the band and they're together and then something goes wrong and they break up or they get into a fight about something, all of those movies, whether it's Almost Famous or Spinal Tap, or Spinal Tap they could have all been resolved had in the first scene of the movie all the band members just signed a band agreement that let everybody know what the rules were going to be. But then I guess the movie wouldn't be that interesting. The movie would just be like all four band members huddled around a piece of paper being, oh, oh, I'm not allowed to sell the band's uh, speakers for drug money. Got it. Sorry. My bad. All right. We won't do that anymore. Mm. But um, but band agreements are important. Even if you're not in a huge band, the time is now to get these things together. And so the first thing you're going to want to look at when you're having a band agreement, according to Brian Pasco, is you want to establish the general structure for your band agreement, such as who in the band is a member of the band itself, like the actual partnership versus who's in the band that's just, you know, an employee or a hired hand, who can make decisions for the band, and how do you divide the labor? So this is a big issue because you can imagine in some bands you have like the guys who are, okay, we're the real partners, we're the ones who divide profits, and then we have other folks in our band, whether they're roadies or just a hired musician that aren't actually part of the band, but we pay them a salary. You mean like in trios when there's always like the fourth guy that plays live and you're like, who the hell is that? That's right. And he's always playing live anyway. So they're like, why don't you just have him be part of the band? 
Wasn't it like with Green Day always? There's the three of them. There's always like a fourth guy you always saw. And it's like, well, then who the hell is this guy? Well, there's a lot of bands like that. And it's entirely possible that fourth guy might think he's a part of the band such that he gets profits. And the other three guys are like, oh, no, no, we're the band. You're just a hired employee. And they never figure that out. And then all of a sudden the band makes a lot of money. And that fourth guy comes and says, where's my cut? And that could have been solved with a band agreement. And more importantly than even that is even with the guys that are parts of the band, you might, you're going to want an agreement that says who can make what decisions for the band, who has the power to basically bind the band to something. And here's where it gets dangerous. If you don't have agreement in place, the law is going to presume that you are a partnership and that any one of you can make a decision that binds the entirety of the mm. band partnership. Like NWA. He's straight out of Compton. It always comes... Okay, I still haven't seen this movie. Are you... And, you but, have not but you seen... Always, but you always... This is your example for everything. It's your go-to. So you're telling me there was a scene in Straight Outta Compton where one of the band members, you know, made a decision, you know, binding the band to some contract and didn't get the other two guys' input? Well, according to the film... According to the film... Okay. You know, Easy e and sort of uh, the manager, uh, Jerry, sort of like had things going on the side and... Like, never even had contracts signed for Ice Cube and uh, Dr. Dre. And it's always like, hey, where are our contracts? We get our money. It's like, oh, no, no, the lawyers are pouring over it. You know, these lawyers are going to bleed and dry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. We got it. We got it taken care of you. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if it applies, really. You just wanted, but to, straight out of Compton's you a just wanted to reference straight out of Compton for the 400th time well, on this podcast. Well, you haven't seen it because you're a bad person. I, I really like. want to see this movie. Yeah, if only you know it was bigger and had a wider release and is on, you know. Well, I know. If only we lived in a time where I could, you could literally watch any movie ever made whenever you want, 24 hours a day without huh. leaving your house. But we don't live in that world, Dave, so what do you want me to do? It's on HBO a lot. <laughs> okay, so... And when we're speaking about general structure for the band, you might even want to take a step forward from just, you know, making sure that the band members can't make individual decisions that bind the partnership and even make a decision as to whether or not you want your band to just be a regular partnership or if you want to take a step forward and have your band be a formal LLC or a corporation. In almost every circumstance, you're better off forming the band as an LLC or a corporation. It gives you limited liability that we've talked about on this show before. Uh, limited liability being if somebody sues your band or if your band owes debts, you want to make sure that the debts of, the, of your band are only ascribable to the band itself and not your assets personally. And so this is where a regular... What?! You're going to snore with me on liability?! This is, this is rock and roll, man. No one gets into this to sign agreements. But this is an important one, dude. All right, all right. I'm Form your band. Right. Don't sign an agreement. Hey, your goons can't stop me, right? Sign <laughs> the agreement. Don't sign up. Rock and roll. Drugs. But, sex. Th but this ah. is this is important for rock and roll regular musician guy. Let's go back. If you go back to that traditional partnership structure, let's say you haven't told which of your band members can make decisions for the band, and let's say you don't have the limited liability that protects personal assets that comes from either an LLC or a corporation. Let's put both of those together, all right? One of your band members goes out, makes a deal for the band, and you didn't okay it, but you also haven't said that he can't do it. All of a sudden, he might bind the band to some very expensive liability. But if you don't have unlimited liability, not only is the band bound, but now the person who wants to sue the band can not only come after the guy who made the deal, 
can not only go after the band's assets, but can go after the personal assets of every single person in the band. Holy crap, that's horrifying. We know we all went to law school, Ryan. Yeah, everybody Your did. Your dudes may have tied me down, but then my, my voice is still going. <laughs> Rock and roll, no increments. Rock and roll. Give me one more muffled rock and roll. No. Damn it. I'm not your monkey. I'm not what? Try. I'm not your monkey. Oh. God, screw you, dude. <laughs> Who um, are these guys anyway? So looking at Pasco's article, some of the other things that you, you can have put into a band agreement is how do you make decisions as a band? Do you want your band decisions made by majority rule? Is everything unanimous? Maybe you're going to vary it based on the type of decisions. Maybe it's unanimous approval if they want somebody new to join the band but maybe it's just majority rule for scheduling band rehearsals or accepting gigs. And do you give everybody in the band the same number of votes? Is it you know one person, one vote, or do certain people get more power? And in that same idea of dividing stuff up, how do you split the money? Is everything equal? Do some band members get more money? How is it decided when band members get paid? Do certain monies go to certain people differently? Do you pay all of the costs before you pay the band members? Is there any money that goes to the band members before you decide where the profits are? And um, who, uh, what, what money is considered band money? Now, this is where it gets interesting. You're right. Like, where, what, 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 what's considered podcast money? What about that? Yeah, you know, where are the, how are these votes? Like, who, who, who voted to let these goons in here? <laughs> all right? Ryan's got goons! No, I will not be silent. Stop. So, well, good. While you're silent, all right, imagine this scenario, okay? Because we're talking about now what money that's brought in is considered band money. Now, if the band performs a gig at a bar, we're safe to assume that that money is going to belong to the band. Now, what about if 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 a song, if a, if, you know, let's say the band has a song and they license that song to a movie and only two of the four band members wrote that song. Do only those two band members get paid, or is it considered part of the entire band partnership? And musical composition is one of the most contentious areas with band agreements. When I've negotiated band agreements before, um, I will usually put in the agreement that all musical compositions are considered separate. They're owned by whoever writes them in the band, and they're not considered a band asset because it can get really contentious otherwise. If you wrote a song and it was all your writing and all of a sudden money comes in for that song that you wrote, you don't want to have to share it with other people in the band if they didn't have anything to do with writing it. But that's but if you don't have a band agreement that says as much, then you're just, you know, then you might have to share it. Seems like you and me should get a podcast agreement. Yeah. 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 So I'm not beaten up by your goons. <laughs> no, you get away from you get away. You get there's a king here. I'm getting right. He's king. I'm gonna get you. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> get away. Get I'm away. very amused by the way you say goons. They are your goons. <laughs> um, and so you can, you can, no, I can't. This is. Yeah, you can't focus no, anymore. No, no, I know. This is the dynamic. I try to give information. You try to make me laugh and throw me off my game. This, this is this rock is the and roll. rock and roll. The goons. The so, goons. All right. So uh, a couple more things that you can do in a band agreement. No. You can talk about how you can add new members. How do you remove band members? Oh, when's the segment going to be done? Almost. <laughs> um, does, how does the band own the name and the logo? Who owns band equipment? 
Is the equipment owned by each individual band member? What assets are owned by the band? And finally, if the band breaks up, how are those assets divided? How do you decide when the band breaks up and who gets to use the band name, if anybody? With the bassist sleeps with the lead singer's wife, that's out! Die, dude! And in close... <laughs> Come on, focus, Ryan. Don't let him throw you off What's your game. What's he paying? I'll pay a triple! Get up! <laughs> Can I hear Goon again? Dude! And I know it's a drag to have to think about these things when you're a musician. You know, you just want to do rock and roll like our rock and roll friend over here. Yes. But rock and roll! You can't silence me! Gattaca! Gattaca! The movie! Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Come on, Ryan, focus. This stuff is important because it's not cool and it's not rock and roll now, but if you can get this stuff agreed upon by your band members and in writing early in your career before money makes everything complicated, you can avoid very expensive courtroom fights later on. But in closing, when you put one of these together, please, for the love of God, get a good entertainment lawyer to help you. And if you are in a band where somebody has gotten an entertainment lawyer to put this agreement together... It might be very good advice for you to get your own lawyer to make sure that your interests are protected in the negotiation of this band agreement. All right. All right. That was the sound of the goons hitting the floor because they got bored to death by Ryan. I'm free! Well, did you appreciate any of that advice? How about, how about even the stuff about just trying to protect you as a musician? I appreciate that Verity White's coming up next. She sure is. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. She is a UK-based rock recording artist who Indie Music Mag called a powerful vocalist with a soulful streak that is truly compelling. Her recent EP parentheses was voted one of Coid9 Magazine's best releases of 2016. She released another EP earlier this year, and she has another album coming out in late 2017. You can find out more about her music and her blog by visiting www.veritywhite.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Verity White is on the Break the Business podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I'm just clapping myself here. So. <laughs> oh, you're, you're joining in the applause of your many, many devoted fans. I am. Um, you know, someone, someone has to. <laughs> well, you know, I told the people you were coming and the studio audience just filled out really quickly. I mean, you know, just, you know, normally I have to kind of give these tickets away, but you know, for, yeah. for you coming in, like they were, they were breaking the door down. It was. Have yeah. they seen that really weird website? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I'm super excited to have you on. It's been like three weeks since we've had a musician guest. We keep getting these stuffy industry types and, you know, look, I love the industry types. I'm one of these industry types, but now we got a musician here. We get to, we get to jam and rock out. That makes me feel good. Can you tell the, tell the listeners a bit about your sound? Yeah, cool. Of course. Well, it's, I always find it really, really hard to describe what I sound like. So 
you can be my sounding board, Ryan, basically. I'm going to tell you what I think I sound like, and then you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, okay? All right, okay. This is fun. So I think it sounds like um, kind of a Foo fighters royal bloody kind of rock stuff with maybe a slightly more rocky version of Stevie Nicks singing. Yes. Oh, my God, that, yes. Is that, yeah, am I right? That, that can't, I mean, it's... it's that, that absolutely captures it. Um, and look, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you with like the Foo Fighters. Like, I mean, every every band says they're Foo Fighters. So, oh my god, yeah. their set at Glastonbury was incredible. Oh yeah, year. they were. I mean, but but with Stevie Nicks, with like you know, you, but you turn up the gain on the amp a little bit. Yeah, that's that's yeah, you. I, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's that's it's a, a fantastic description and it definitely is reflected in your music and the fact that you get so much critical acclaim every time you put stuff out and because who doesn't like you know stevie nicks but with a little more gain on it so well, and she's incredible i love her so much yes yes indeed and 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 you're keeping busy which is what i love to hear from any indie artist that you, you got a lot of stuff going on you're touring and that makes yeah. me smile and I think you're particularly busy because in addition to your work as a soloist, you're also mm-hmm. a member of a prog rock band uh, called Pendragon. Yeah, and, I am. Yeah. 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 They're, 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 they're such nice guys. Um, they actually asked me to join um, last year when they were about to go on their European tour celebrating 20 years of their album called Masquerade Overture. Um, so I had my first proper tour bus experience, which was so awesome. With, with, with mean, a bunch of dudes on the tour bus? Yeah. Yeah, with a bunch of dudes. But oh, that's what's fine, that? What's I'm, that? I'm totally a tomboy, so that that was it was actually fine. And uh, um, the, the worst thing about it was the fact that we had the air conditioning on too uh, too low for the first couple of days, and um, both me and Nick, the lead singer, got really really horrible sore throats and Ooh. were sounding like basically couldn't talk because um, because we didn't want to ruin the performances in the evening. But yeah, it was it was awesome. It was so much fun. It's like camping, but in a bus. Well, because. Well, here's the issue with the air conditioning, all right? If you keep it too low on a tour like that, you're going to get the sore throats. But I feel like if you don't have enough AC in that situation, all I think of is a tour bus full of guys. And if there's not enough, like the smell, that that cannot be pleasant. That cannot be like... Actually, they're very cleanly gentlemen. Oh, really? (laughs) Are are you sure you're not just, you know, playing nice because they gave you a sweet tour? Like, I mean... I was oh, in college. Going, I know what happens going. when you have enough guys together in like any closed space. I mean, it, it can't be pleasant. <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather have a group of guys than a group of girls because you know what groups of girls can be like. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. So you're so you're one of those girls that like that. You know, most of your friends are guys. You like to hang out with the guys and. Yeah, and I think if I've got, I have actually now I've got loads of loads of female friends, but they're all like, they're, I was gonna say they're all a bit weird, but that sounds really horrible. I love them all dearly, but we are all a bit weird. Oh, oh, I love weird people. Weird weird people make life fun and interesting. You know, don't don't waste your time with people who aren't weird. So, but all right, but let me ask you this, because you got your solo thing going, and you're apparently doing a lot of stuff with this with Pendragon, mm-hmm. and. Your situation is not unique. There are lots of indie artists out there who are sharing, who share projects, who split time, who try to, you know, put themselves in as many different situations as possible to build their career. But how do you balance those two things? Do you have any advice for artists on that front? I think it's just a a case of (laughs) planning. It sounds sounds easier than it is, though. Obviously, I think a lot of musicians really struggle with kind of... um, or certainly a lot that I know struggle with planning and, and, and I think as well... 
understanding that once you've committed to something, that's the thing that you've committed to. And if something better comes along, you don't drop that because that just gives you a bad reputation for dropping stuff. So if you've got loads of balls in the air and loads of stuff going on all at the same time, you stick to your guns and you stick to the thing that you said yes to first, because that is the polite thing to do. And that's the good thing to do. And that gives you a good reputation. Um, there's a really amazing um, uh, speech that Neil Gaiman did uh, um, when he got his honorary degree. And it's something like, uh, it says something like, uh, be on time, be reliable, be a nice person, and make good art—that kind of thing. But I, I truly believe that's a, that's the way the way to do it. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. Just organize your time properly and make sure that you don't burn out as well. That's the other thing. Like when you've got so many things going on, it's so hard um, to actually give time to yourself. It's almost I actually have to schedule days in. I'm like, okay, this day. I'm going to literally do nothing. I'm going to sit around in my pajamas. I'm going to watch Netflix all day with my cats and I'm not going to talk to anyone. <laughs> so if I looked at your day planner, you might just have something that just says like black mirror in giant letters. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's all yeah. that's going on at that day. Moment, I'm, oh my God. I've just binge watched the most dreadful shows as well. Cause I want to get like, just want to get away from everything. So I'll just watch the most just awful things. <laughs> All right. Well, I have, I have a bunch of music questions for you, but I'm going to put them aside. I want to know what's the most embarrassing thing you've watched <laughs> on Netflix. Um, okay. Hang on a minute. Um, what did I, Oh, I, do you know, I've started watching a few things and I actually had to turn them off because they've been that bad. Like I really didn't like Riverdale. That was awful. Oh my God. There was this awful <laughs> thing about, it wasn't just, it was like housewives somewhere. Was it one of the and real housewives shows? No, it had Alyssa Milano in it. Ooh, she's still out doing stuff. Good for her. Yeah, well, I don't know. How, I mean, it's Netflix. It might not be new. Oh, that's true. Like Fair point. Old, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I watched that. I binge watched the whole series. It was just, it, and that three series of it. So you're, yeah. you're you're all about the trash TV when you're like you know you're you know it's not masterpiece theater for you when you're when no, you're not I performing like to call you just want to light viewing Ryan. What is that? Light viewing. Light ah. viewing. Oh. Um, well, I, I actually, I, I brought up Black Mirror earlier. I, do you watch that show a lot? I mean, I know oh it's very God, popular so across the pond. So, yeah, it's so funny. I love it. It's so can I, can I tell you an embarrassing story for me about Black Mirror? Yes, please do. I mean, because I, I, I mean, obviously it's going to be much more popular on your side of the pond than it is over here, but somebody recommended it to me and all they said was, you got to watch Black Mirror and they didn't tell me anything <laughs> else. So awesome. I didn't know that on Black Mirror, every episode is a self-contained story. Right. And so when I went from episode one to two, I got really confused. Oh, bless you. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. The prime minister is having sex with a pig, and now there's a bunch of people on metallic bikes. What, what the hell is going what? on? What? That is a classic, a classic, uh, a classic Brit program. Do you know Charlie, um, Charlie Brooker, who wrote that? He's, God, he's written some really, really hilarious stuff. Um, Brass Eye is amazing. If you've not watched that, try and find it and watch it. And also Nathan Barley is, it's just hilarious. It's, it's actually still really prevalent now, despite the fact that it was written such like a while ago. Um, they're so funny. Seriously. They just, oh, they're brilliant. All right. When, when I, when, uh, I'm going to have you on again and again, cause this is delightful. <laughs> and when we have you on in subsequent episodes, I want to have you on as a designated British TV correspondent where you can Help explain some of these shows to us Yanks over here. I will do that if I get a jingle. Oh, obviously. I mean, that's... I want a jingle like the movies jingle. <laughs> I mean, that, that just that just goes without saying. I mean, I just figured that was implied. Uh, but lest we you know delve deep into the the finer points of British television, I do 
feel some sense of obligation to ask you music questions too. So <sighs> okay, I know, I know, I I don't like it either. But because <laughs> here's the thing, you got this cool blog, veritywhite.com. Yeah. You you give great tips to musicians and you help them with their careers. And I want to give a shout out to that because I appreciate that you're writing great stuff and you're helping your performers out. And you recently put out a couple articles where you gave advice on achieving success in social media. And yes. in one of those articles, you implore to the readers that when they're posting on social media, don't yeah. sell. And you give a terrific explanation as to why. What do you mean when you say don't sell on social media? Oh, my God. So when you go into a store, oh, I, don't know, I don't know whether the Americans feel the same way as I do about this, um, because obviously the Amer American hospitality is like really renowned for being lovely. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. When you go into a store in the UK and people ask you, can I help you? What are you looking for? It just goes, in the UK, it gets your heckles up. You're just like, no, no, leave me alone. I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to sit here and browse. If I find something I like, then that's fine. You know, they can strike up a conversation with you about something different. But as soon as it, as soon as it sells, as soon as it's like anything about trying to sell to you, it kind of makes you go, no, I don't want it. So I kind of thought, kind of twisted on its head and thought, you know, it's exactly the same on social media. The amount of musicians that I follow on Twitter that literally all they do is post about, oh, here's this track, oh, here's this track, oh, here's this track, literally over and over again. Because obviously Twitter's a moving feast. It's like, it's really quick. But the thing is, your timeline just fills up with these people saying, here's this track. And it's like the same tweet or the same three tweets that they're sending out every single day. And you're like, literally, I'm so, so not interested. There's nothing about you. You're not a human being to me. You are a robot. <laughs> so if you're not selling, what should you be posting if your goal is to you know, still build your fan base and eventually sell stuff? Yeah, I think, well, personally, um, I think that it's it's about just being yourself and posting stuff that's, I think, I say, uh, it's saying, it might be that blog, it might be the other one, um, I, I talk about the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20, um, and I kind of say that, you know, 80% of stuff should be about other people and about helping other people, getting out there, about retweeting stuff that they're doing, listening to music that they're putting out there, commenting on it, you know, and sharing that and, and, and making you seem, you know, open and, and, and grateful and, and appreciative. And then 20% of the stuff can be about you. So I like to post videos of me dancing around in a unicorn outfit, which sounds weirder than it is on reflection of that. But, um, but yeah, but that's only the, the weird stuff that I post and the stuff that's about me is like maybe 20%. And of that 20%, you know, maybe only a quarter of them are, oh, do you know what, guys? have you had a look at my Spotify or do you know what guys, have you had a look at this? Because actually by then you've built a relationship with people. And once you've got a relationship with people, they're more interested in looking at what you're doing. That's right. You, you bring them in with the dancing unicorn. And once you exactly. have them in the tent, uh, you know, it, it's sage advice. And you'll hear it a lot from uh, PR experts that the acclaimed uh, publicist, Ariel Hyatt, who we've had on this podcast a couple of times, yeah. talks about the importance of shining the light on others when doing exactly. your social media. Uh, same idea. You have to devote some of your posts to shining the light on others. And the reason why is because you have to be a human being on social media oh, and God, human so beings so. like other things than themselves. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I, and also, you know, you've got the rise of the bots on Twitter and on, I mean, Facebook is all algorithms now. I get so angry with Facebook, I, I can't even really use it very much anymore, especially not as a kind of musician. It just feels like the wrong platform for that kind of thing. But just so many bots as well on Twitter, is, it, it, it's, it's almost like, okay, I've got to work out who out of these people are actually real people, um, which, is, which is harder than it seems sometimes. They're getting clever. 
Well, and in your articles, you've often talked about how you shouldn't obsess over your numbers so much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely. It's you, about engagement. So you can have 128,000 followers, but if no one's actually clicking on the posts that you're putting out there, if no one's no one's liking them or retweeting them or sending you a message back saying, oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. That's really cool. Um, then there's absolutely no point in having 128,000 followers. And on top of that, you know, most of those followers are probably bots. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, great stuff. And you all should check out VerityWhite.com. Uh, click on her blog and you can find out a lot of her fantastic social media tips. And uh, so now I want to kind of talk about you a little bit and what you've uh, had to overcome in your career. And yeah. I, I want to pose this question to you. Can you talk about a large obstacle you faced in your music or in your career, in your life, and mm -hmm. what you did to overcome it? Yeah, of course. Um, my biggest obstacle has always been myself. Um, and, you know, basically for me, I only started putting music out, my own music out last year. Um, and I've been writing and performing and singing for years and years and years. But I suffer from um, something called generalized anxiety disorder and also depression. Um, and it's taken me a really long time to get past my own opinion of myself being, you know, a really low, like a really low opinion um, to actually feel confident enough to put music out there. And to it's not that I don't care what people think, because I really, really do care what people think, but actually to try really hard to not be bothered by what people think about it. And, and it's really hard because, you know, any sort of rejection does feel like a stab in the gut but it's it's sort of I've learned how to deal with that now and that's really the biggest obstacle that I've, I've had to overcome and I don't think you ever really get over that to be honest wow I I am so touched by your honesty and your candor with that I can't imagine it's easy to you know talk about stuff like that in a podcast and it's so I, I really appreciate it because I imagine there are a lot of listeners out there who are overcoming similar demons so i mean what do you do to to try to overcome that do you, do you have you talked to professionals uh there are exercises yeah. you do <laughs> so many professionals um <laughs> i yeah i mean i i for most of my adult life i've, I've actually suffered with with some sort of a mental health issue and um it it's funny you know because because it's becoming more people talk about it more often than, than they did before um and and i like to be i like to hopefully see myself as a bit of an advocate for it but it's yeah you do have to get help but you have to put in so much work yourself when you're getting the help you can't just expect to be you know given a load of pills and sent to this you know to the shrink and and then you're going to feel better in a couple of months it, it takes years so just if there is anyone out there going through that at the moment all i would say is that you can beat it and that you can you can get past it and you might feel like you are at the bottom of a hole right now but you know just look up and there's sunshine there and and you can get there does creating art and having a music career help relieve some of those symptoms or exacerbate them um yeah it's actually weirdly it is a bit of both because yeah, writing music and putting music out there and then, you know, going through all of the process of it's cathartic. You kind of get out, you know, feelings of bad stuff, you know, all, all goes away. Um, and then you listen to the music and you're really proud of it. And you're like, oh, this sounds awesome. I'm so happy. And you put it out and people like it. And you're like, oh, my God, this is really good. And you're feeling really good about yourself. And then one person will say, I don't really like it. And your, your head just kind of goes, oh, my God. And you gravitate to the one person. And you, you ignore all the people like, who love you. Yeah, you oh. just—it's almost like 
it's almost like they don't exist. No, no I'm not saying they don't exist because I absolutely adore anyone, anyone that's even nice enough just to listen to my music. I, I love them. But but it's it's that one voice. It just seems so loud in your head. And then it kind of creeps back in and, and like digs up. or It like picks the top off the scab, basically. And then you're there and you kind of just feel it all bubbling up again. And then you've got to kind of push it all back down and, and go through your processes of dealing with it. Well, thank you so much for talking about this. I, I can't imagine it's easy to discuss and it's valuable for the listeners for sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, when I, when I listen to your music, I think some of, a lot of what you talk about, it, it, the music kind of makes more sense because I, I do hear, you know, I feel like in some of your writing, you are working out a lot of those difficulties and problems that you're having and it's reflected in your sound. And I want to give the listeners an opportunity to enjoy some of that. So uh, we have one of your songs here that we're, uh, we got queued up. You want to tell the listeners about it before we play it? Yeah. So this song is called Too Much. And um, actually, this song uh, is a true story about how I met my fiance, who I am marrying very, very soon, um, in a bar uh, called The Two Pigs in Cheltenham, where I live, um, and, uh, and how I picked him up. <laughs> oh, very nice. Uh, studio audience enjoyed that. Um, so, all right, we're going to play this right now, coming up on the Break the Business podcast.
And that was Too Much by Verity White on the Break the Business podcast. Verity, thank you so much for letting us play that. That was magnificent. Thank you very much, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs> Hi-oh. Wait for it. Fun. There it is. Um, so I imagine after people have heard that, they are going to want to learn more about you. And I'm sure there's even going to be some people who want to talk to you and learn more about your experience and maybe share their experiences with you and find common ground. Can you tell folks where they can find you on social media and tell the folks about your Patreon page too? Oh, I would love to. Thank you very much. Um, I am probably most active on Twitter. Um, I think it's absolutely awesome platform for getting to know people and for musicians and generally just chatting away to lots of friendly people. So if you want to find me there, I am at VBear, V-E-E-B-E-A-R. Um, I've also got a Patreon page and I'm, um, raising money slowly for the album that's going to come out. And also kind of the, the money that comes in every month helps do things like design merch and pay for the merch and all of that kind of stuff. And I always like to update people kind of this month, your money paid for this. They get lots of behind the scenes videos and special little treats sent to them and stuff like that. Free music, all of that kind of jazz. Um, and I am on there in Patreon just as Verity White. So you can look me up there too. Outstanding. Uh, Verity White, you can check out her website at V-E-R-I-T-Y-White.com. Verity, before we let you go, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Just be yourself. It's so important to be human these days. As an indie artist, if you're not yourself, you're just part of a crowd that is really not individual. So be you, do you, because no one else can do you like you can. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Verity White for joining us in the previous segment. Throw her a follow on Twitter at V-E-E Bear, and you can check out her website, VerityWhite.com. She's got a Patreon supporter there. We love her. She's mm -hmm. awesome. We want to have her on again. She was Verity Entertaining. <laughs> yes, that's right. Your goons can't save you from the jokes. <laughs> For those of you just turning in, uh, Ryan's got goons. Wait, what was that? What was that? What? Well, how did you say turning? We can't just let that slide. Oh, for those of you tuning in. But I heard like toining. I don't know. I feel like, is this? It's one of. It's one of the. Uh, Why are you having trouble with the equipment? I feel like one of the the, the earmuffs or the is not coming in as loud. I think you probably dunked something in water. <laughs> what? You just. The, you spent a good chunk of the show just being mad at the equipment for one reason or another. First, your mic wasn't coming in. Now you're saying that one of your two cans isn't as loud as the yeah. other. Must be their goons. Sp Ryan, speaking of goons. Yeah. Kendall and Kylie Jenner. Oh, my goodness. You were telling me about this before the show. This yeah. is absurd. Okay. For those you've probably seen in the news, they got the idea, the original idea to sell t vintage T-shirts. What kind of T-shirts? Oh, I don't know. Band t-shirts from The Doors, Pink Floyd, Metallica, Biggie Smalls, Tupac, I think, and some more. Oh, like Black Sabbath, 
uh, I think he led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. What did they do? They put the pictures of their faces on top of recognizable cover art, album covers of these bands and musicians. With like the logos of the band With on the, there. Clearly visible. They put their faces on it in like a little KK for Kendall and Kylie. By the way, thank God their last name's not Kardashian. I feel like those guys have more organized business plans because these two geniuses apparently didn't see coming that they would uh, an onslaught would come. Not only just people on Twitter, or whatever, which maybe like they they like for PR, but oh yeah, cease and desist letters and now lawsuits. Yeah, they're go- apparently there is absolutely lawsuit 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 going forward involving the doors on this. Here's my feeling. All right, the by the way, they were selling for like 125 bucks a pop. Oh my god. They just want us to hate them. Look, my feeling is the trademark infringement, especially with that Doors t-shirt, is so slap you in the face obvious that, you know, a a trademark law student who had been in the class for three seconds would say, no, you can't do that. That all of this just seems it, very it's, suspicious. It's too stupid otherwise. It's too stupid. So, I'm like, this all just strikes me as a spectacular publicity stunt. But, they did something they knew was gonna, knew would piss people off and piss these bands off, and now we're talking about them. But could they just be that stupid? I mean, if they were just 5% less stupid, I would agree. But this is just so stupid that it almost has to be intentional. I mean, really, it is taking... Imagine just like taking off online a freaking like the Beatles logo, right. ironing under a shirt and selling it and right. just being like, well, this is great. <laughs> Boy, people love the Beatles. They're really buying this. <laughs> really, really tapped into it's something free. here. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's like you just get it off the internet. <laughs> All right. That's, that's, and cause here's what they're doing. Cause here's. In a way, here's what's brilliant about it. Because if, if their job was to max, if their goal was to maximize outrage, they hit you on two fronts, okay? One front, obvious trademark infringement, okay? So, th- so you're already getting those people pissed. Second front, there's already this overcurrent of people who hate it when 20 something, you know, women wear like t shirts of bands that you know they've never actually listened to their music and that always pisses people oh, no, off. No, 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 no. It's not and a, that's it's not happening a, it's not here a, too. It's not a gender thing. It's anyone really. That's there guys wear those uh tees too, like ironically or have no idea what it is. Oh no, but we hit women more with this. It's unfair, but we do. I don't know. But I'm I'm just saying like I thought you were both- gonna say the fact that they take Jim Morrison's face, Biggie Small's face, Tupac's face, and smack their faces on top of them as sort of like yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That's we're the same. We've a trip. We've contributed the same sort of artistic <laughs> meaning in the world. Yeah. Okay. You're right. This is a three front problem. So you're you're getting people who are mad at theft of intellectual property. People are getting mad at people who wear or associate themselves with band T-shirts when you know they don't know the band. And then you have people who are fans of these artists who have to watch a Jenner slash Kardashian superimpose their face in the place of the face of the artist that they love. Yeah, that's maximizing outrage. That, that, that screams publicity stunt to me. Yeah. I mean, that's... But, oh my God. Ryan, another goon. A little bit late in the news cycle, but at least he's dropping part of his goonness. I saw... I, I heard... Well, I, I, I didn't actually hear your episode. I just saw in the, in the main headline. You talked about Gene Simmons trying to, to trademark the horns. Yeah. Oh, what a douche. Well, he stopped. 
Yeah, he stopped. <laughs> she realized he was a goon. Yes, he, he attempted to trademark the devil horns gesture, and, and you weren't here this week for me to talk to you about this. Like, is this like, did, did this make you mad? Let well, yeah, because he's not even, he thinks he's responsible, but he's not. Fucking Dio. Well, let me ask you that. Okay, I'm going to ask you this as a metal historian because I actually don't know. Like, did somebody actually invent this devil horns that we can actually attribute it to one artist? Or is it really just something that nobody knows where it started? It just sort of belongs <laughs> to rock music. I honestly don't know. I'm asking you. Some say in the 17th century, <laughs> there was a monk tapped into some demonic forces. He was reading... The Diablico Metallus Encyclopediamum. <laughs> and in it, it made him throw up the horns as he was one with Satan. Or, Ronnie James Dio saw his Italian grandmother do it because it's called the Maloik, and it's a pr- the protection from uh, the evil eye. Oh. When you hold it up like that way, and then when you point your fingers out, you're giving the evil eye. Okay, so it is legit Dio. Which would explain le- why he was so mad about I mean, this it's, whole thing. I mean, it's it's Dio, but like the Italian grandmother. Yeah, that's Italian. Like they know this in the movie Thunderball, the James Bond movie. You can see Emilio Largo giving James Bond at the uh, at the Shimon de Fer, uh, table the uh, the evil eye sort of thing. Like, oh, you mean the evil? I give it right back to you. And he takes his uh, the hand and he gives like the horn pointing at him. Like, ah, there it is, right there. But yeah, Gene Simmons is full of crap. Yeah, he backed off of that pretty quick. And thank goodness, because, I mean, as we talked about on the show, because we did bring it up on the podcast, it was a very weak case. He probably would he would have had a lot of trouble getting that trademark registered because he would have not been able to prove that he was the first to use it in commerce or that, you know, he was the owner of the mark. It would have been By the way, very hard I find do. it hilarious. I guess, um, like it was a few months ago. During what college graduations? I guess I saw in the news was it uh, the Austins? Uh, you know Joel Austin, the uh, the, the, the mega, preacher, the, yeah, the Christian super pastor, church pastor guy. Yeah, him and his wife. I guess one of their kids went to the University of Texas, and the kid graduated. So what do they do? You know, because like the Hook'em Horns, they do like the same oh, exact thing. Yeah. So they Awkward. were throwing up an Instagram photo. And people were like, "How dare you? That's against Jesus. How could you throw that sign up? Oh my God!" Lord, why won't someone think of the children of the sweet baby Jesus? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I have known you for 20. O- over 20, 20 years. Yeah. We'll call it 20 years. And <laughs> and you do you do many things that make me laugh all the time. How have I not known in the two decades I've known you that you have this tightly wound, like, Christian person in your impression arsenal that just popped out? I've never heard this voice before. This This, is excellent. This show is an agent of the devil. (laughs) Music is evil. Any sort of sound that makes you want to gyrate your hips, anything like that, it comes out at a certain hertz and frequency. It's evil. It's the devil's music, Mr. Corella. <laughs> and that everyone at the University of Texas is going straight to hell. Okay. We're going to remember this character. I want more from this character. There's so much. I feel like this is a rich mine that we can tap into and get many beautiful gems from. Just, I, I uh. judge you, sir. I judge you guilty as being a devil worshiper. Just like Jesus said, don't judge anybody. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my favorite kind of 
voice because that's the voice of the of the Christian person who comes down really hard with judgment, but there is a 105% chance that they get embroiled in some sex scandal. Listen, I have read the Bible, okay? <laughs> I know what it says back to front. And when I mean read, I mean like the 20 pages that really just slam home my arguments and the rest I don't. Right, you're just Leviticus, just all over Leviticus. Yes, exactly. Not, not some of that Jewish stuff either. <laughs> Ten pages tops, maybe. I I haven't read it. I own it. I okay. I lease it. I've never seen one except at a Holiday Inn. <laughs> I just love writing judgment on people. Yeah. And yes, you, okay, okay. That's we we have to come up with a name for your, this for this character. It's it, I mean the Edna. word judgmental has to be in there somewhere. I don't know Edna. Edna, no, but like a, a an identifying name. Like obviously, yes, the person's name is Edna. We can all agree on that. That's that goes without saying. But they, you know, like judgmental Christian person or something. Anyway, so... But let's yeah. let's get her and her negative energy out here. Let's get our... You know what we mentioned on the top of the show? Yesterday, was a ho- it's a holiday weekend. It is. We've got Independence Day coming up, but we also got Canada Day. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Hey, how's it going, boys, eh? Hey, Canada Day. Yeah, how's... I, I, I hope you don't mind. I, I, I kind of had to step over some unconscious uh, dudes here. Uh, look, they, looks like rather large gentlemen... Kind of like from The Departed or whatever. I don't know, Ryan. I think I, I heard you got goons. <laughs> I was just waiting for Canada Dave to say the word goons. Okay, well, yeah, you, you, you got your goons here, guy. and uh, But they're not like the hockey goons, all right? You're not got like a Marty McSorley here or maybe like... Uh, uh, who's that guy? The, the, the goon who they put in the All-Star game. John Scott. Oh, yeah, John Scott. Yeah, I knew that one. That's... Uh, or, you, know, you know it's a great hockey movie. Seriously, goon. I've actually heard that. People have told me this is an excellent movie, Sean William Scott. Yeah. And, and I've Leif never Sh- seen Leif it. Liam Schreiber's in it, too. Of course you haven't seen it, buddy, because you don't see movies. That's not true. Have, just... you, have you seen Straight Outta Compton? No. <laughs> Why'd you go right to that one? I've seen other movies. Okay, well, at least have you seen the Canadian version, Straight Outta Moose Jaw? Oh, it's a, it's about okay. a guy that went into a store saying, hey, guy, can I order some Moose Jaw? And the guy's like, oh, we are straight out of Moose Jaw. And then the credits rolled. <laughs> Come to think of it, it's less of a feature and more of a short. I was about to say, not, Actually, it's, not it's a lot of material there. It's, it's more of a scene. <laughs> it's not even a fleshed out premise. It's very, anyway, happy, you just gave me the entirety yeah, of the screenplay. Happy, oh, sorry for the spoilers. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, that's and, not the right one. Well, that makes no sense. That's what we wanted. Yeah. May, may may President Trudeau be with all of you, and also with you. Is it Prime Minister? <laughs> hey, guy, who's the Canadian here? All right, you're right. Hey, listen, you're right. Sorry, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got some friends that want him to be the entire president of North America. Okay, uh, I might be okay with that if he's willing to run for it. Yeah. Do I know what his Twitter handle is? What? I don't know because probably the guy doesn't use it that much. <laughs> It's not like a thing where it's just known. <laughs> it's not the first thing you think of when you think of Prime Minister Trudeau, Twitter. Because, <laughs> you know, he's like a leader. <laughs> and not like a 13-year-old girl. Anyway. <laughs> Ryan, it's so, it's so good to celebrate, you know, sort of uh, Canada and all of its uh, gloriness. And, buddy, yeah. I got some Canadian holidays here. 
Or do I? Oh, okay. It's time for a rousing round of uh, Canada Holiday or Hoser Talk, eh? I'm excited for this. Okay. Yeah, Canada Dave on Canada Day. Canada Day, eh? <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Oh, we don't got that channel. I feel like I've been doing pretty well with these lately. I'm getting a lot of these. Like whenever you come by with your with your Canada games, I feel like I'm a bit above average at this. Okay. Civic holiday. Civic holiday. I mean, that doesn't sound like a holiday. That sounds like something like a, a category of holidays. So I'm going to say, no, that's not a Canada holiday. That's hoser talk. Okay. Civic holiday is the first Monday in August. Oh, what do you celebrate on civic holiday? Isn't it obvious? Hondas. Canada Dave's got jokes. We got imports too, you know, okay? Canada imports cars just like everyone else. I, I assume they have to. I've never heard of a Canadian automobile. Yeah, you know, yeah. But we're not going to build a wall of terrace. So, you know, we may get more Honda Civics. <laughs> Unusually okay. political. Okay, this buddy. Week, All right. Dave. Ryan. Yes. Family day. Family day? Family day. You got your mother's day, you got your father's day, and you got a family day. Canada strikes me as a very pro-family happy place to be, so that, that has to be a Canada holiday. Oh, you got it right, buddy. It's in February. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah you sit by the fire because it's still snowing outside and god-awful cold, and you, you get a hockey stick and you try to hit a puck out of grandma's mouth. And if you miss, well, uh, well, that's her problem for laying down there to let you hit a, a puck out of her mouth. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, not, not too smart, Grandma. I mean, you got to bite the damn puck. It's obvious that some teeth are going to go flying, eh? <laughs> it's not like a ball on a tee. <laughs> you know, golf is really not big in Canada I, because, you know, the, the, the grass is just covered over by, uh, by snow. Yeah, I can also, see that being a problem. Wolves. Oh, Naturally. Marauding wolves. Yeah. You know, golf courses are really just nice wide open spaces for them. And they can get a good head of steam, kind of like velociraptors, and they get out to the open, and it's a, not a pretty sight. And you have to stand still while you're swinging, so you're kind of an easy target. And yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. You got to get the goons. <laughs> you got have golf goons. God, I kind of want to see the movie Goon now. You've just reminded me that I need to, I got to put that on my list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it ahead of straight out. Okay, of I'm going to get you a VHS of it, buddy. It's not that old of a movie. It's not slap shot. <laughs> No, but it's still, I only got VHS in the cabin. Oh, of course. Naturally. The Wolves got the next thing, though. Can you give me the next Blu-ray. Canadian holiday? That's the thing, buddy. We're on Blu-ray. The Wolves actually have evolved beyond Blu-ray. Oh, yeah? It's actually quite amazing. I don't even know. I think it's called, like, Wolf Ray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. Hockey Day. Ooh. Ooh, I think you're... Because it seems obvious, but... It's too obvious. And the last two have been holidays. And so I think this is a little too on the nose. I think you're trying to trick me. There's no way that hockey day is a holiday. That's hoser talk. Oh, Ryan, the trick question got you. The CBC hockey day in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Or is it hockey night in Canada? This, I think it's hockey Canada. night in Canada. Well, it's part of the day. You're wrong. <laughs> Ryan, it's not a holiday. Ryan, construction holiday. So wait, did I get that one right or wrong? Because, well, let's ask an unconscious goon. Hey, hey, bu hey, buddy, did, did he get it right or wrong? Eh? Okay, he's useless. 
Ryan, construction holiday. Construction holiday. Wait, is this the holiday, or is this the one where you get me with the damn Rush song, or the Bare Naked Ladies song, or a Celine Dion song, or like a movie that David Duchovny was in? He was Canadian, right? Um, I'm gonna say, was, I think, I think Ryan David Duchovny is very much alive. Not sure where he's from, but either way, he's he is something. He's not was. Um, I'm gonna say that's Hoser talk. Oh, Ryan, that's a holiday in Quebec. Oh, crap. Yeah, because, Ryan, it's so cold in two weeks in July. That's sort of like there's only summertime that uh, they can have like city con- municipal construction projects. This is actually all quite true, verifiable by my Canadian friend in uh, Quebec, Valerie. Uh, and, David uh, Duchovny take, take... was born in New York. I was completely wrong. Oh, buddy. <laughs> just completely whiffed. Buddy, you just interrupted me. Sorry. I was just talking about my answer for Canada Holiday or Hoser Talk, and you just chimed in with, it's a non sequitur about David Duchovny. I I guess you don't even want me here anymore. No, 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 no. The everybody, every, out every, everybody loves you, Canada Dave. It was my fault for getting distracted. <laughs> I mean, do you even want me here? Eh? No, you. Every of course, of course. It's your day, or yesterday was your day. Okay, so I need to hear you say it. What do you, what, what what do you need me to hear me say? I think you know. I'm, you're glad you're here, Canada Dave? Okay, we'll take it, folks. No, I don't know what the phrase was. Yeah. Of course I mean, I, have you I, mean I, I hoped you would profess undying love for me, but, you know, okay. Beggars can't be choosers, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, so construction holiday is uh, two weeks off for uh, the construction workers in uh, Quebec in uh, July. These, are, these are, could be provincial holidays, too. You never know. Wait, wait but they take, they take days off in July? Yes, because they only have, like, three months of which to work super, super hard and fast. So a lot of times, you know, they got to give them a break, eh? Otherwise, those cranes just kind of top no, over. That's that's nonsense. All right, I'm sorry. It just is. You, th- those those construction workers don't have to work in Canada six months out of the year because it's winter and it's too cold to work. Like they get a construction holiday. It's called half of the year. Why do they get? Why do they need time off in summer? Summer's golden time. They got to get to work. They got to build while while they can. It's bad planning. So just to be clear, you have a problem with Quebec? Oh, oh, no. Quebecois, Dave, our French-Canadian friend. Uh, so you think you know everything about the construction industry and uh, how the uh, buildings are now uh, constructed, Ryan? How many buildings have you uh, have you constructed over the years? Uh, I'm going to say zero. Yeah, zero. No, actually, no. The answer is one, Ryan. You've constructed a house of lies <laughs> around you. Yes. I tell you how many houses you've constructed. No, un, no, 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 trois, no, cent, no, deux. Un. Yeah, you, 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 infant, you, you can't even count in French. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cent, six, sept, huit. No, sorry, yeah, oui, oui. Yeah, you're, neuf, that's right, that's right. Huit, neuf, de, uh, un, dix, onze, deux, yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you mackerel, you. Looking at your mackerel face makes me uh, forget my numbers. You look like a fish. It's a mackerel. You really had trouble with the counting there. For a French yes. Oh, okay, guys. Okay, come on. It's Canada Day. It's in. It's it's Fourth of July. Come on. We gotta have some cross-border. Uh, what you might call it? Uh, brotherhood and friendship and things like that. Okay, guys. Totally. Totally. I'm sorry, Quebecois Dave. Mm, I do not accept your apology. Oof. But I will accept your wine. Do you have wine? Um, I do. Uh, I have. I have the best wine from uh, California. 
This will have to do. Their grapes are inferior. See, now, okay, anyway. See, now, I thought the move was I was going to say have American wine, then he was going to be all upset and not take it because the only good wine is French wine. But no, you do you do right, actually, the only, you want to do the bit. Well, the only good wine is beer. But anyway. There we go. Tim Horton's Day. Ooh. Tim Horton's Day. See, that, that seems like another one that's just like way too on the nose and stereotypical. No, I don't think Tim Horton has its own day. That's hoser talk. Okay, they should, though, buddy, with the coffee and the donuts, eh? <laughs> I got one, yes. Okay, all right. And last, all right, we got here now Bastille Day. Bastille Day, I mean that is that's a French holiday. It celebrates the storming of the Bastille. I mean, do they celebrate that in Canada too? Maybe only in Quebec. I'm gonna say that is hoser talk because it's a French holiday. Ryan, that's a Rush song. No, damn it! Oh, how did I fall for it again? Shoot! That was so brilliant of you. That was brilliant because you knew I was waiting for the Rush song, but you gave it an obvious name like Bastille Day, so I wouldn't have thought that you were going into Rush song land. You thought, okay, he has to obviously still be staying in holidays, but oh, shoot! Well, the credit really goes to uh, Getty Lee, uh, Neil Peart, and the other guy for naming a song Bastille Day. They really ah. helped They really helped old Canada Dave out here. But anyway, that's, that was our round of Canada holiday or hoser talk. And as usual, Ryan is a hoser. Yes, he is a hoser. It's the biggest hoser. Anyway, Canada Dave, why don't we go celebrate our holiday before this American shoots off his fireworks and his tweets and uh, all these things and uh, makes fun of women and all this stuff in front of us. Oh, yeah, the buddy, that would be bad. Ryan, I feel like the type of guy that would maybe do that, eh? Come on. I'm very respectful on Twitter. Don't don't ascribe what our president does to everyone in the country. I don't know, buddy. I mean, you did hire goons. Uh, <laughs> yes, he's got goons here. Uh, yay! I was waiting for Kevin Kwan Dave to say goons. Goons. All right. Oh, our thanks to Canada Dave and Kevin Kwan Dave. And I can't believe I got nailed on the damn Rush song again. That's going to bother me all freaking week. And our thanks to Verity White for being so, so awesome. Yep, thanks for being Verity awesome. And finally, be sure to get a copy of uh, my audiobook, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. It's available now on iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. True fact, Ryan didn't re-record it. He took words out of every single podcast we did and just it, it, it's, it's like, cut and paste them into it creating a book yes it sounds unbelievably choppy yeah. see you next week yeah. ah thank god the goons are no longer awake oh no they're awake again Donald, the goons are taking me away damn you right doc doc damn the goons goons